When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, Sunday wasn't great, but it's Tuesday now. You know, I'm back here on the Bengals Blitz. Welcome, Chase Johns. I got my good friend over here, Jared Arvian. What's going on, Jared? Not much, man. Tough week one, but we're looking towards week two, and I'm very excited, man. Most definitely. And before we get into this, uh, go on ahead and, you know, like this video, subscribe to us on, on, you know, on YouTube. If you're listening, go, you know, like this, follow this, whatever you want to do on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google. There's so many places where you can get podcasts. So just find us and we'll be right there. And you guys listen to us at any time you want, uh, getting your Bengals fix going on. We're going to talk really briefly about a couple of things. The blame game with Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor, which is what we'll talk about in just a second. Later on, we'll talk what makes Baltimore such a unique team when, you know, when it comes to the Bengals playing them. And then later on, we'll talk about how Cincinnati can rebound in the home opener. First off, we're not going to spend much time on this, but, you know, because we don't, we don't want to trigger ourselves back a couple of days ago and everything. But uh, blame game. Joe Burrow played terrible. We all know that. The entire world knows that. We were just talking about this behind the scenes. The timing of this with this new contract just, I, I mean, it, it couldn't have been any worse. But then again, Zach Taylor has, you know, obviously a part in this, you know, with play calling and everything. Jared, whose fault is it more of? Because it was bad, but who would you put more of the blame on? Yeah, and, and, and I think after a blowout loss, especially in week one, especially to a division rival, um, the first two people you're blaming is the head coach and the quarterback, the way that offense played. And um, if I'm going to put more blame on someone, it's Joe Burrow. I think Bengals fans get into the habit of um, throwing a lot of blame and a lot of the fault on Zach Taylor when really there's things Joe Burrow could be doing better. Obviously, on Sunday, there were a lot of glaring things that Joe Burrow needs to do better um, after getting that new deal. Um, but I think it, it, it definitely more of the blame goes on Joe Burrow. I see what people are saying with Zach Taylor. Sometimes the play calling wasn't great. Um, why weren't you getting Jamar Chase involved more early? The running game was working at times in that game. Why did you go away from it? Um, I can see that. But the way I, I, I view it is just Joe Burrow can't go out there and, and in that first half complete less than 50% of his passes. And I think it was probably like, late in the second quarter and he had 30 passing yards that, that that's unacceptable. And um, 
just the entire way the offense ran and and everything. And I, and 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 I will say this: I think Zach Taylor, as a head coach's job, it's your job to get not only the offense but the defense ready, the entire team ready. And when I look at the defensive side of the ball, they came out when they were ready to go. They were generating pressure, generating turnovers, doing what they had to do to put the game, Bengals in a position to win that football game. And the offense just laid an egg. And if you're Zach Taylor at a certain point, the players have to execute on the field. And I didn't see any of that on Sunday. And a nice way to kind of twist this a little bit. So, you know, over the last couple of years, the Bengals have been known as a high flying offense and, you know, that aired out and everything with Joe Burrow and, and the office of the cast receivers and mixing back there. But, doesn't it seem like a lot of the time the defense normally steps up more than the offense? Like the, you ever get that kind of sense? Absolutely. And I think especially too, when it matters the most, when the, the, the two turnovers the Browns had, they had so much momentum in that game. And on that first turn, turnover, the Browns, it was their first time being down near the red zone. Jermaine Pratt punches out the football. Chidobe Uzi gets on top of it. Um, the Browns, I think they had a seven-point lead when they were driving. Zach Carter comes up with a big pass deflection right into the hands of Dax Hill. Huge momentum swings, huge turnovers, places you expect an offense who just ha- who just made uh, Joe Burrow the highest-paid quarterback who brought in a massive contract left tackle in Orlando Brown Jr., who has invested so much and so much draft capital into these wide receivers. Joe Mixon is still on a big deal even after taking that pay cut. You expect them to at least put you in field goal range, at least get the job done, and they punt. And they took over the ball at midfield. And and for me, that's absolutely unacceptable. It's unacceptable. From, from every standpoint of that offense, it's absolutely unacceptable. Yeah, and I think a, a big thing about it was, you know, field position on Sunday was not really good for the Bengals. I think in the first half, we averaged around, you know, starting around our own 15-yard line and Cleveland starting around their own 30 or 35-yard line. But like said, when the defense is able to give you a gift with Zach Carter, specifically Zach Carter's tip ball to Dax Hill's interception and gets us to around the 50, you got to point some points on the board. Points, 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 all of that. You got to put it up. Like, especially with the last drive, you know, the, the drive before that, we got an Evan McPherson field goal. I know he missed the field goal uh, on that drive right there, 51-yarder, but I mean, you got you got to have momentum. You got to have momentum in a game like this, a sloppy game like that. And I think, you know, you could also say that maybe some of the, the play calling wasn't great when it came to that of running the football, you know, down there and trying to establish it and, and, and you know, and, uh, and, and try to open up some lanes. But at that point, Joe Burrow, it's your job to take a hold and be like, hey, we're about to go out there and we're about to throw the football and we're about to go score a touchdown and tie this ball game up. And we're going to make this thing a game right down to the end, a very sloppy one, but we're going to make it a game. Just going off of your point, just really quick here. Yeah. The one thing with the run game that really made me angry on Sunday was there were times where they would be running, running, running the football and there were no holes there. And it was clear that Mm -hmm. it was, it was just gone. But when Joe Mixon broke off a 12 yard run, then breaks off a 22 yard run, it's, why are you going away from that when you know the passing offense is not there today? I, I didn't get that. Um, you mentioned this the the field position battle. I thought Brad Robbins was horrific on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a re- very, very, very poor debut for him. Um, 
So uh, just just a lot of things that that need to be fixed if if this team wants to not only go to the Super Bowl. We can't even talk about the Super Bowl. Oh yeah. But compete for a playoff spot and and win this division. Most definitely. I mean, it, it's it's a whole team effort right there. That was, you know, obviously not not a great start to the season and everything. That's, you know, wasn't promising at all. But as we talked about before, we started 0 2 last year, got to the AFC Championship game. We're going to have to see a lot more than three points in however many total yards we had, like 150 on offense on Sunday. That was, you know, obviously pathetic. And well, before we move on, talk about the Ravens. Um, Obviously, the defense came out, played really well. I did like what you said earlier. You know, the defense generated pressure. You know, Deshaun Watson looked like he was under duress until that last drive of the first half. We put him, you know, I don't even know, put him in a coffin, it almost felt like. We were just, you know, getting after him. Jermaine Pratt balled out. He played fantastic. Uh, The defensive line, B.J. Hill, D.J. Reader, guys like that, uh, Trey Hendrickson even. You know, they played good games up front, but like I said, with the conditions, the Browns, they were able to run the football in a rain game like that. The Bengals, like we talked about before, are an aired out football team. We don't really run the ball a whole lot. We don't really run it that well. But when you have a chance to run the football that when you have a guy like Joe Mixon, who at a time had like a 20 yard run and a 12 yard run and a four yard run and was just consistently popping things off in the second quarter. Why abandon it? We don't know. No idea. But I'll tell you, there's a team that also likes to run the football a lot. Man, the Baltimore Ravens. We know a good amount about that team. We saw them three times last year. Uh, Actually, this is going to be the third time in the calendar year that we will see them. We'll end up playing them four times in this calendar year of 2023, believe it or not. What makes Baltimore such a unique team uh, to play against, especially with Lamar and a new system, Jared? Yeah, I think Baltimore is such a unique team because you have a quarterback that is an unbelievable rusher and and you have to account for that on every single play, but also a quarterback who is a phenomenal passer at that same time. His arm is so undervalued and he can really read defenses. And I think every year in the NFL, he's shown that he's gotten better reading defenses, going through his reads. Um, so that's what makes that offense so scary. Um and, and I think defensively, they're just a hard-nosed defensive team. They always have a good front seven. They're going to stop the run, um, and they're going to send pressure at you. So so that's what makes the Ravens a scary team. Most definitely. And they're able to, you know, just, you know, when it comes to running the football, they're able to throw many guys out there. Uh, you know, Lamar himself running the football, Gus Edwards. J.K. Dobbins did end up getting hurt, unfortunately for him, with a torn Achilles, you know, the former Ohio State Buckeyes. You know, tough to, tough to see with him battling – uh, a lot of injuries overall. You know, they got guys like Justice Hill back there. They got they have a, they have a plethora of, of guys that can run the football. So a lot of guys have fresh legs. Like you said, Lamar Jackson, when it comes to him throwing the football, very undervalued. He has a great arm. You know, if he like said with the receivers, you know, that re- with the receivers that are able to get down the field, maybe a guy like Zay Flowers who had a very nice debut, nine catches for seventy eight yards against the Texans. And then Odell Beckham Jr. trying to get back into a flow, two catches, 37 yards on Sunday. You know, the Ravens in a new system, maybe it's a better thing for Lamar because we saw great football for Lamar under Greg Roman as the offensive coordinator. But obviously, you know, it was only one game under Todd Monken. But maybe we see some of Lamar's best football yet to come. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think that's a good point with Zay Flowers. I think he's going to be lining up a lot in the uh, slot on Sunday. And, and, and that scares me because Mike Hilton has been a big liability in coverage. I think he was a liability on Sunday. And a guy like Zay Flowers, who's so speedy, so agile, um, definitely scares me a lot. Most definitely. And it just, you know, like like you said about Mike Hilton, I mean, Mike Hilton on Sunday, uh, this past Sunday, I mean, I, I remember there was a I think there was a ball that Deshaun Watson threw. I forget who was to maybe might have been Elijah Moore, uh, but Mike Hilton was he was super close to getting the deflection almost could have been a pick on Sunday. But, you know, he's he just been getting abused a lot in the slot. And, you know, it, it's that's going to be really big, especially with a rookie in Zay Flowers, who, you know, obviously a, a very good young player has a pretty high ceiling in this Ravens offense. You know, they, they use him, you know, running the football a little bit on some jet sweeps, whatever. I mean, they're going to try to get this guy, the football as much as possible, you know, to, uh, to add another dimension to this offense. I was looking at some of the stats for this game, you know, Lamar didn't play exceptionally well, but obviously in a new offense, you know, you're going to have some, you're going to have some, uh, some roadblocks. You're going to have some kinks. You got to, you got to work out and everything uh, in there. And, you know, obviously I think Lamar Jackson's going to be just fine with that. Uh, the Ravens had 13 penalties, had a lot of penalties on, on Sunday. Uh, their defense did get after CJ Stroud quite a bit. They had five sacks. Uh, they, the Ravens also did lose a turnover battle two to one, uh, which is quite interesting, but, um, I didn't get a chance to watch the Ravens a whole lot and I don't know what to expect from this new Ravens team, but what do you expect from the Ravens team that always plays the Bengals as an AFC North division clash? Yeah, I think what I would normally be saying to you is a game that's going to be one in the trenches. Um, and I still think that holds some merit. But when I look at this injury report for the Ravens, especially coming into week two of the season, it's already a long list. You have Ronnie Stanley, who's week to week. They're all pro left tackle. Um, Tyler Linderbaum, standout center um who was drafted in the first round last year week to week as well you go to the secondary their best cornerback marlon humphrey he's up in the air i know there's some optimism that he'll be playing on sunday but originally he wasn't supposed to be playing the entire first four weeks of the nfl season so just a lot of injuries and i think that's where the Bengals you have to capitalize i think we talked a little bit about it um earlier in this episode and it, it, it was the Bengals were finishing their sacks that's one thing they did not do well at all last year is finish their sacks and I think if they can get to Lamar they can bring him down um, have a lot of plus plays defensively set the offense up well because we, we saw it last year as well the offense takes a couple weeks to get into the rhythm and and rightfully so Joe really hasn't seen a lot of time a lot of these starters haven't played at all in the preseason offensively so um i think getting in a getting in a rhythm on offense early and, and getting after lamar i think take advantage of where the injuries are where the weak spots of this team is and 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 go from there but i think it's going to be a tough game especially offensively in the trenches i think orlando brown um it's a big game for him it's a big game for all the offensive linemen um like you said, that pass rush for Baltimore is 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 legit. And and what they do as well, they do something very similar is they'll mix up their rushing looks. They'll send linebackers, they'll send corners in. Um, Patrick Queen had an amazing play on Sunday against CJ Stroud, gone to the backfield there. Um, and they got two really young, good um, pass rushers, Adafi Owe and David Ojabo. That's a scary duo right there. They brought in Jadavian Clowney this offseason. Um, so that pass rush is legit and, and, and giving Joe time, hopefully the conditions are, are going to be better than they were in Cleveland. But, um, 
yeah, I, I think it's a game that's one in the trenches, get that run established and a hard nosed game. Most definitely. I mean, you know, Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, he kind of carries on what Wink Martindale did before, uh, you know, before he left for the Giants and everything kind of carries it on. You know, uh, the Ravens, I would say this, the Ravens had us figured out a bit last year in three games. They had us for the most part. They were one of the teams that really halted us quite a bit, especially in the playoff game. When, you know, we couldn't get some things going and it came down to a couple plays a play specifically in the trenches just down the road from me in Cincinnati. I'm looking out here at the skyline and everything. I'll tell you this before we go to break. Um, and I'm watching the game from, uh, from Cincinnati on Sunday. I'm, I'm going to be looking, you know, if Joe makes a great play or Joe makes a bad play. I'm like, yeah, Joe, just look at the skyline over there. I'm like, actually, if Joe makes a bad play, ah, damn it, Joe, come on, man. Like, it's just going to be this whole thing. But when we get back from break, we're going to talk about what Cincinnati needs to do to win this game on Sunday and who are going to be some key players to make that happen for the Bengals to go one-on-one. We'll be right back in just a moment. All right, and we're back. So what are the Bengals' keys for success to win this game on Sunday? If we're going to keep it real simple, don't do what they did Sunday, this past Sunday. Just don't do that, and that's a start. But let's get a little more specific. Jared, what do you think the Bengals need to do this Sunday? What are a couple things that you're really looking forward for them to do? Yeah, I got. I, I'm going to have to go to Cincinnati secondary first. Um, for a couple reasons. One, this is a really revamped Ravens receiving core. Keep in mind, Mark Andrews did not play week one in uh, against the Texans, excuse me. Um, and that's Lamar Jackson's favorite target. And Trey Flowers, he's filled that role as kind of the tight end blanket for the Cincinnati defense in years prior. Um, so I'm really interested to see what Lou Anarumo has schemed up for him if he plays on Sunday. Um, is it going to be DJ Turner, the rookie? Are you putting Mike Hilton on him? Are you bringing the linebackers down? Does Nick Scott take a role? Does he come down into the box and cover a tight end? How do you fill that out? And with these receivers, who's matching up on who? Is is Cheeto blanketing Odell all day? Cheeto Bayouzi didn't even play um, a lot of snaps for, for what he normally plays um, on Sunday. So it's it's where do these cornerbacks match up? How do you take away Mark Andrews? Um, how do you take away Lamar Jackson's new weapons? And and the matchup I'm watching the most is Zay Flowers in the slot against whoever the Bengals have out there. Because if it's Mike Hilton, I'm concerned. If you bump Cam Taylor Britt into the slot, I feel good about that matchup. If you bump DJ Turner in, I feel good about that matchup. I think there are a lot of ways the Bengals secondary can take away these um, new receivers and Mark Andrews. Um, for for Lamar Jackson on the offensive side of the ball I'm looking to establish the run I think if you get the running game early it just opens up this entire offense um and and I think an ex extension to that is the short passing game get the ball in your playmakers hands get the ball in T Higgins hands all these shots they were taking at T were either deep shots down the field where it looked like Joe was playing backyard football and throwing it up to him um or just passes where it, it was just the, the play was trash from the beginning. So um, get the ball in your playmaker's hands. The guys who you know can make something happen after the catch. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, get the ball in Joe Mixon's hands in space. Um, I think the most underrated thing about Joe is he, he's a dual threat running back. He's a great receiving back. He's been a great receiving back since his Oklahoma days. Get the ball to him in space. Get the ball to your playmakers in space. Um, and, yeah. 
I mean, what, what a, you know, I've, you know, talked to a lot of football coaches in the past and everything. And one in particular, Matt Ricketts is on our Cut to the Chase Sports podcast and everything. Check us out tomorrow. But when we're, you know, looking at a good quarterback and everything, we know Joe's, you know, a great quarterback. He had a really bad week. We hope he rebounds really, really soon, specifically for this game. But what does a great quarterback have to do? What does a great quarterback have in him when it comes to the X and O's and everything? A great quick game passer, able to make quick decisions efficiently, which is what Joe can do. We got to see it Sunday. And I'll also add this on the offense. Some creativity. We, we, we need some more creativity because, like you were saying, with, with T running a bunch of deep balls and all that stuff, just a bunch of fades. Like, we, you know, like, like the concepts on the outside, obviously, you know, not, we're not coaches or anything like that. But the, the concepts, you know, against some of these teams, they're just really, really bland. And it's just a bunch of fades. It's a bunch of just real, really simple stuff that teams have just been able to catch on to. And we need to put some more fear in the defense, you know, moving Jamar in the slot and doing some, you know, and just uh, trying to abuse some matchups on there. T Higgins, even in the slot, just just move guys around and just have some of their corners and have their defense in a flux being like, uh, we didn't see this in, you know, in, in scout. We didn't see any of this at all. So I just, you know, just being able to just manipulate the defense pre-snap. We saw that with a bit with the pre-snap motions that they were doing, but it just did nothing on Sunday. But just moving guys around, getting the matchups that you want, and just abusing that stuff. And obviously, how does that happen? How does it get easier? Like you said, with a run game, getting Joe Mixon involved, getting Joe Mixon involved in quick game and some checkdowns and everything. That's an extension of your run game. That's what quick game you know, quick game does a really good job for. And I'll also say this on defense. I agree. If Mike Hilton is guarding a guy like Zay Flowers in the slot, oh boy, it, it, it might be a long day for us in that department because Lamar Jackson is definitely going to be able to, you know, to, to keep an eye on that and, and try to get his new playmaker the ball. And when it comes to Mark Andrews, if he's going to play Sunday, which, you know, odds are, and, you know, in, in our luck, he's probably going to play. But I will say, I don't know if they're going to throw this guy out there now. It might be later on in the season, but a guy that potentially might be able to take the role of Trey Flowers, who is almost built like him, same size, all that stuff. I don't know if they have enough trust in him right now to do that. DJ Ivy from Miami. I don't know. Like, I feel like, you know, he could be a guy later on down the road that they throw in there for Titans once they get more, you know, once they get more comfortable with him. Obviously, I don't think that's going to happen this week. But just keep an eye on potentially if DJ Ivy develops more and more, they might throw him in there on third down, you know, to guard some of the best tight ends in the league, like a Mark Andrews later on in the season, like a Travis Kelsey, and fill that role for Trey Flowers. Who knows? But also, I agree with, you know, you know, we got to, we got to, you know, get home to the quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Obviously, we know how dynamic he is. I don't think we've played him too bad over the last couple of years. We've only played him twice in the last two seasons, but I don't think we've played him overall too bad. We've done a you know a decent job of spying him and everything, but I think we underrate the value of 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 him throwing the football. So we just got to stay on our toes with him and you know contain, you know, do the right thing and just do our job and you know try to create some pressure on him and and try to make some big time throws. But you know I, I definitely agree with that. Um, which of the receivers do you think has to have the biggest game Sunday? Oh, you know, I don't think one, and, and this is the beauty about the Bengals to me is I don't think you have to rely on one of these guys to go for 150 yards and two scores. Hmm. When you have 
the best receiving core in football. I think it could be any of these guys, and I don't really think it matters who it is. I think it all, all that matters is you're putting points up on the board and you're moving the ball. Yep. And I think, you know, the ball is going to find the open receiver. Joe's done a really good job about, about that in his career in Cincinnati and at LSU. He's always had very good receiving cores, yet he always manages to spread the ball out to the open receiver. Um, and I think, like I said, that short passing game's there, that running game's there, that's going to open up these deep shots. On Sunday against Cleveland, you know, the short passing game and the running game wasn't there. That's why when the Bengals did go down the field deep um, in the passing game, it was just – the, the Browns are like, what are you guys doing? There's no threat here. So um, I really do think it could be any of these receivers. And, and and I think it really matters getting the run in the, in the short passing game going early. I agree. And I got one more question for you. What is the main reason why you are not panicking at this moment about the Bengals? Obviously I know it's only one game into the season, but what is one of the main reasons you're not panicking about this team? There's a lot. And and I think the one thing I'll say, and, and we've been saying this the last couple of years, but it's just Joe Burrow really hasn't had a normal offseason in his career. His rookie year was COVID. Um, the year after that, it was the ACL. Then it was the uh, he had surgery in the offseason after that. And then this yeah. year, half he's never had a normal offseason. And Football really is a game where you need live repetitions. You need that, whether that's in practice, whether that's in preseason games, it, you just need that. And you need the offense to flow. It's not just you throw these guys out there and they're just going to be throwing up Hail Marys and catching them. And you you, you need to have a game plan. You need to, to be able to execute. Um, and just the Bengals haven't had time to kind of gel, come together as an offense. And I think defensively, you definitely see that. You, like you can see that. The defense already looks like it's in midseason form, if you ask me. The offense looks like it's still in training camp. So, um, to me, I'm really not concerned. And 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 I have all the faith in the world in Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, um, all these other guys on offense. Like They have too many good players on offense, too many plus players, um, too much money invested into this offense for it not to be good. Um, so, for me, it's just – let, let the season play out. They've started, they started slow last year, ended up in the AFC championship, a play away from going back to the Super Bowl. Um, just let the offense get its legs underneath them and, and, and they'll be fine. I agree. And I'll throw out this before we get on out of here. Two stats, all right? Two good stats, two bad stats, start with the bad. So Zach Taylor, you know, under his under his career uh, as a Bengals head coach, in the first two games of the season. For the last five seasons, counting week one, his record is one and eight. Not good at all. Now, Joe Burrow in that time frame, what's his record in that? One and six. Not good at all. But we'll say this. Weeks three and four under Zach Taylor over the last five years, just those two weeks combined, five and two, five, two and one and undefeated in week four. So it does take the Bengals about two games to get going. There was in 2021, the Bengals did start one and one. We did have a week one win against the Vikings and also the bears week two. But again, if the Bengals get one and one and we can get in a good spot with a victory on Sunday, history has shown that the Bengals normally get it around week three and week four and they get the ball rolling. So Sunday, Obviously, divisional game, the second divisional game out of our first two games of the season, which when looking at the schedule was like, 
oh boy, this is going to be rough unless Joe Burrow has a normal offseason. Nope, didn't have a normal offseason. We're at this point right now. We got to get a win Sunday. You get in the right rhythm, the right flow. And I'll tell you this, I don't know if Joe's going to be, you know, having a great first half and that normally you see it start to click or in the second half, just like last year against Dallas. It started to click in the fourth quarter and everything. We almost pulled that game out. We'll see what happens in this one. But if we're able to get through this game week uh, week two against the Ravens, win this one, I think you'll start to see the ball roll and you'll start to see the offense start to get its rhythm for uh, for Monday night football against Los Angeles Rams. We need to win Sunday against the Ravens. Let's get after it and let's get a divisional win. With that being said, that's my good friend Jared Arvian at Bengals Central. I'm Chase Johnson, and we'll see you guys next time.